you are listening to the next best picture podcast and this is our review of never real sometimes always i didn't see you at school today i went to the doctor what's wrong girl problems don't you ever just wish you were a dude all the time this is the most magical sound you will ever hear She's not ready to be a mom. Where else could you go? Nowhere in Pennsylvania. I think you should try another place. You going to New York? What are you doing there? Seeing family and stuff. Who came with you today? My cousin. Do you have a place to stay tonight? I know you came from far away. I'll figure it out. This area's closed. Do not sleep here. Where's the rest of the money? La, 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 la. I want to make sure that you're safe. La, 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 la. I know this is hard. ask you some questions they can be really personal just answer either never rarely sometimes or always all right everybody you were just listening to the trailer for never rarely sometimes always and the story is as follows faced with an unintended pregnancy and a lack of local support autumn and her cousin skylar travel across state lines to new york city on a fraught journey of friendship bravery and compassion the film is starring sydney flanagan Talia Ryder, Theodore Pellerin, Ryan Eggold, and Sharon Van Etten. It is written and directed by Eliza Hitman. Joining me for this podcast review, I have Casey Lee Clark. Hello. All right, Casey. So, Never Really, Sometimes, Always, a film that you and I were both very much looking forward to at the Sundance Film Festival, uh, which is where we both saw it. Mm -hmm. I was looking forward to this primarily after seeing Eliza Hitman's previous film, Beach Rats. Did you happen to see that one? I haven't yet, but I know that it's on Hulu, so I'm going to have a lot of time soon so I can catch <laughs> up with it then. And that's another thing, too, I, I, I want to bring up here, uh, is that this movie had the unfortunate uh, circumstance of being released uh, during the coronavirus uh, outbreak, and uh, it opened up in limited release this weekend in both New York and LA and now uh, New York and LA have closed down their movie theaters so this film unfortunately was always going to struggle to find an audience to begin with and um, you know like I said due to just poor timing it's going to struggle even harder now unless if something else can be done maybe it can get pushed to video on demand quicker or something uh, to get more eyeballs on this film but you and I like I said we both did get a chance to see it we want to promote it, we want to talk about it, and we want to try and at least uh, hype it up for people so that this way, when it does get seen, hopefully by people very soon, uh, they'll know that it's very heavily endorsed. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you hadn't seen Beach Rats before heading into this one. Uh, I guess, really, uh, at Sundance, when you saw this, uh, what was the experience like, and uh, what did you ultimately think of uh, Never Really, Sometimes, Always, Casey? 
I mean, I was really looking forward to, I was looking forward to a lot of films in the um, dramatic U.S. dramatic competition, just like, you know, it being my first Sundance and seeing like all these up and coming American filmmaker type things. And I think the thing that I was excited about with this film was it being, it seemed like something that was taking the idea of like a high schooler accidentally getting pregnant and possibly getting an abortion and taking it to this very gritty, realistic place. And I think the entire time I watched the film, it just felt so unbelievably realistic and honest, which was, I think, the main takeaway for me. And just it never hid anything. I think that it always never, not that it felt clinical at points, but that like anything that I was expected to see, I saw, but not in a way that felt like they were spoon feeding everything to me. Like I felt like there was a lot of information without getting to spoilers that you know, you have to pay attention to and you have to listen to these clues and figure out what she's actually talking about. Because especially having a main character that kind of bottles it all up and kind of keeps things at face value and never fully unveils her entire story, you have to kind of piece things together. It becomes a really rewarding experience. It's a very painful film, I think. I think that what Eliza Hitman's doing here is like showing this very real side of it, not necessarily making the situation itself sad, but the idea of what, how hard this type of thing is to get into, how hard it is money-wise for her and for the feelings that this brings up, that she just wants to completely avoid it and she can't, and how the other people around her treat her and how it's just so hard for young girls. And I think that you get that across a lot. And I think that it's also just a movie that shows how gross and awful men can be to especially young girls. And I think that it, again, like you said, shows the camaraderie of those two sis- of those two cousins. And I think that it just has stuck with me so much since I saw it. And I'm really grateful that I got to see it there and that I hope that people do eventually get to see it. Yeah. What you're referring to in it being painfully realistic and honest, um, it, it, it was the anti Juno essentially, as far as I was concerned, in that it didn't have this witty heightened dialogue. It wasn't funny or anything like that. It wasn't colorful. Um, Instead, it did feel just so gritty and grounded and so honest, like you said, that I felt a deep connection to uh, these characters, specifically the lead played by Cindy Flanagan, um, who was just an incredible absolutely amazing find uh, for this movie. She'll definitely be in contention for many breakthrough awards at the end of the year, I'm sure. Um, more on her in just a second here. But like another movie would also remind me of, and Casey, you're, you're a Criterion fan like I am. <laughs> Have you seen uh, Four Months, Three Weeks, and Two Days? No, but I know about it, and I've, I've heard that comparison. Yeah, no, it's a an, it's an very easy comparison to make here um but never really sometimes always i think that if you uh are a fan of four weeks i'm sorry four months three weeks two days um i think that you'll find uh, a lot to appreciate in this film as well but instead of it being as uh harrowing as that film was um i i think that this movie there is a like a grace uh to it in the way that it, it depicts not just um the environment of uh, that 
autumn is traveling through in, in regards to New York City, going from Pennsylvania to New York City, which I'm sure, Casey, you're very familiar <laughs> with making that uh, trek every now and then yourself mm-hmm. uh, to watch some Broadway shows or uh, just hang out with some friends. But in, in this case, though, there's also this beauty that's also um, illuminated by Eliza Hittman's filmmaking and not only the performance from Sidney Flanagan, but also, too, in the way that she captures the subtle nuances of her performance. It's not something that I would consider to be, um, like I was saying before, in regards to like the dialogue of something like Juno. It's like not heightened acting. You're never, ever aware that you're watching a quote-unquote performance. You feel like you're watching actual people, though as if Eliza Hittman just picked up the camera and started shooting a documentary. Yeah. And, you know, we get that a lot, I think, with uh, the way that she captures, like I said, like uh, New York City. I I don't think I've ever seen New York captured so realistically on camera as I have in this movie before. It captures uh, the busyness of the streets, the uh, the loud uh, sounds of everything going on around you. Um, and, and it's I think it's I think it's just an indie filmmaking sensibility, right? That mm-hmm. guerrilla style filmmaking where they don't have control over the elements around them necessarily to maybe shut down uh, too many streets or whatever it is to play place extras. They're using real people most likely as extras in the background at times, hoping to God they don't look into the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Shooting on um, what I believe is a 16 millimeter film. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that grittiness of the film stock really captures, I think, the spirit of just New York City uh, very, very well. And, you know, you compare that to if it was shot, say, digitally, um, I, I don't think it would capture uh, everything that New York has, but that grittiness also lends itself, I think, to the story because it's ultimately about a girl that's venturing into uncharted waters for herself. This is the first time that she's ever had to do something like this, and she's doing it all under the nose of her of her parents. She doesn't want her parents to know that she's traveling uh, to New York City to get this abortion, and as a result of that. You know, you have kind of this unpredictability, but also this daunting, looming feeling of just uncertainty. And uh, I'm trying to find another word for it ultimately, but like there's almost like kind of like this hazy uh, dreamlike effect that uh, the grittiness of the film stock kind of provides in the sense that it's like it's disorienting. That's what it is. That's Mm -hmm. what I was looking for. It's disorienting uh, to the viewer. As much as it is for her, because she's going through not just, um, I don't know which way to go or how I'm going to get the money to do this or that, but just imagine what she's going through emotionally. Yeah. I can't even imagine that part of it, but I, I know by the way that Eliza Hibben captures it on film that it must be, it's a lot. Yeah, I think this film handles like the emotions of it so well. There's a scene that I really love, in it, and I don't consider it a spoiler, where after she like finally finds out she's pregnant, she know, you feel like she's known for a while. She just like has been avoiding it. The immediate thing she does is goes home and pierces her own nose. Hmm. And it's just the idea of her wanting some control over something and to feel something. Mm-hmm. And so to have this pain be put somewhere else of just like, I need to do something that makes me think about anything else. And that's never said, but like, because you wonder, you're like, what is she doing with the safety pin? What is, and then it's like, there's no reason for this to be happening right now, but you can tell that it's the sense of just like, I don't know what else to do and I need to do something that's not thinking about this. 
And then when she does start to think about it, but also takes that act of, like you said before, of inflicting pain elsewhere um, as a means to try and deal with the problem. I mean, those are the scenes that are incredibly hard to watch. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it's a very, very natural response that a teenager would make in a situation like that. There, there's not a false note in this movie in regards to its naturalism. Um, everything in this movie for me rang extremely true as far as just for the human condition and what a person would do in the situation that Autumn uh, finds herself in. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, too, that I like that the film explores uh, very, very well is the bond, uh, as you mentioned before, between her and uh, her cousin Skylar, who's with her every step of the way on this uh, journey and even goes so far as to really put herself at risk um, in order to get Autumn to her destination, which I found to be extremely heartbreaking, but also very admirable and scary, too. Yeah, they're always, I think, protecting each other. You know, you see that at their job, at the supermarket in the beginning, that they're looking out for each other. And it's one of those things where they never fully discuss her going with her. It's just this thing of, like, you can't go alone, I'm going with you. And, like, she immediately packs up her things and they go. Mm -hmm. And, like... They don't really have to talk about it. They just know. And that's such a great contrast, too, because you mentioned before, I'm looking at my notes right now from the Sundance uh, screening, and I have it written in all capitals over here on my notepad, men suck, exclamation point, exclamation point, because every guy that's in this movie, whether it's her uh, father or it's the um, uh, their their boss who works at the uh, market, or uh, this guy that they meet up with in the city who has the hots for uh, her cousin. It, it just, oh, oh, it's just icky <laughs> all around, yeah. you know, the whole thing. It just makes you feel just so, it's just so revolting um, at all times. And I do think that, you know, that that's what you get when you have a female director and writer that can capture uh, that female experience just so beautifully and, like I said, so naturalistically um, that there isn't anything, like I said before, that's in this movie that uh, is so black and white, everything, and it feels just extremely honest. Um, and the honest truth is that men are pigs mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. <laughs> I, I have to add that asterisk for the most part because uh, I can't say all. Uh, there are some men out there that are genuinely nice guys. Yeah, and it's hard to the guy that they meet that has the thing for Skylar. I don't know if he's necessarily a bad guy, right? It's, just, it's like compared to the other two that we mentioned. But I do like, you know, like you can leave the girl alone. Like he's just uh, giving a little too, little too much with it. And and to her credit, like she lets him in because she knows that she can probably they can probably get money from him or they can help them out somehow. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. In regards to uh, the father, I was uh, I was very very surprised that that was a storytelling point that was so subtle mm-hmm. and never ever actually explored again. But it's just subtle enough that the movie doesn't need to tell you. Like we all just inherently know. Yeah. And I think that that's more disturbing potentially than anything because you can choose to believe that maybe she got you know knocked up by some guy at school maybe or something along those lines whatever because the film never actually tells you yeah and it also it opens on that talent show and in the middle of her performing there's guys from her school that call her a slut from the audience so like you don't know what her reputation is what's her past is explicitly but there's clearly 
a lot going on. I don't think that that, you know, in in regards to this, though, is the uh, relevant piece of it, though, because at the end of the day, it's such a personal story that no matter how she ended up here, the tagline for this movie is her journey, her choice. And it's just so focused in on uh, this character that it completely excel uh, it completely expels all of the male characters and the male motivation for how she ended up here that, that that's not what's important what's important yeah. is that this is something that she's going through that should have no influence from anybody else it's her decision to go through what it is that she's going through and i think that you know whether it is this guy that guy or whatever that's not the story that Eliza is interested in telling here and I think that that concentration and that focus allows for um, some of the deeper exploration through the filmmaking as I mentioned before as a result with it not getting so convoluted and bogged down by other storytelling beats that could be considered uh, what's the word I'm looking for like, like cliche. Uh, just re- cliche repetitive yeah we've seen it before yeah. exactly mm-hmm. or there's no like some ex-boyfriend that she has to have like the conversation with it about like there's and not to imply that there's one right way of doing everything but I it does it is about her and you can tell that there's things that she doesn't want to talk about that's clear in the title scene she doesn't answer a lot of those questions but you kind of some of them you get a read of it from her face and what how those questions are affecting her and can infer that title scene oh god I had no idea why the movie was called Never Really, Sometimes, Always until we got to that scene. It's so good. And my jaw, it just hit the ground. I was I was left in shock, um, not only at how clever uh, that title then was as a result, but also, too, by Sydney Flanagan's uh, performance because I don't think that her performance really, really comes full circle for everybody until we get to that scene. Yeah, you're building to that like emotional climax because you see her so much like brushing things off and feeling, pretending she's fine or just like, oh, this is just what I have to do or whatever and being kind of quiet about it and like watching her just fall apart is so heartbreaking. Oh, and like it's amazing. It, yeah, like I said, it, like you infer then all or like can piece together all these things that have happened to her and it just makes this story all the more devastating and then you all you want is for this to work out for her and her to be okay it's uh for me probably going to stand as one of the finest pieces of acting i think i will see this year mm-hmm. um especially when you consider that the camera is on her face the entire time in a single take and it does not cut away from her yeah i mean it just it was it was pretty extraordinary because a lot of times when I feel like I watch uh, discovery actors, uh, non-professional actors, um, people that, you know, in 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 Sydney Flanagan's case, looks looks to part for the role, um, behaves the way that, you know, Eliza Hitman wants her to behave. You know, when you come to a crucial scene like that, uh, you know, you don't really know if it's going to still come off as naturalistic or as well as you might hope because of that inexperience as an actor. But I, I think that that's like the sort of thing here that uh, just shows that she has the chops. It reminded me, it reminded me very, very much of um, another uh, Discovery uh, performance a few years ago from another independent film, uh, Sasha Lane in American Honey. Oh yeah, I love that one. Yeah, with through portions of that movie, I was like. Is she really like playing a character or is she just playing herself? Because I I tend to have a problem with that sometimes. Um, You know, I want to see actors 
perform. I want to see them act. You know what I mean? I don't want to see people just being people uh, because that to me is, I don't know, like to me that's very, that's more documentary and like it gets a little complicated at that point, you know? Mm -hmm. So for me, I've got some complicated issues on that. Uh, But, you know, when we got to that scene, I was just like, man, I was just like, just so taken aback by it. And um, like I said, I, I think it's, one of the finest pieces of acting, like I, I will probably see this year. It's it's worth the price of admission alone, in my opinion, to oh, just yeah. watch that scene. Yeah, probably the highlight of the film as far as like quality and moments. But I think the film has a lot of scenes that have stuck with me. Besides just that one, a- anyone in particular, or um, there's one, and it's kind of shown in the trailer where they uh, Skyler and the guy go off to the ATM. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And Autumn's left by herself, and then she sees them, and she doesn't, like, grab her cousin, take her away. She just, like, holds her hand. Mm-hmm. And, like, that imagery, like, <laughs> that broke me. <laughs> that of just, like, like, it, it says a lot, and also, like, it, I don't know. I think there's just this, like, unspoken camaraderie between young girls and girls like them that seem so close that, you know... It, it's women powerful. women supporting women yeah and um yeah and there's just a lot of those more like i agree this you could say disturbing scenes with her at, at either of the doctor's offices or things like that and like the actual like technical what is the procedure she's at and like just the way that that comes along like you don't it's a lot of this stuff is typically unspoken things yeah you know unless you do your own research like you don't we kind of just talk about abortions and don't talk as much about like what happens with them. And so that was like an interesting aspect of it. It's like, okay, you have to do this, but then you have to come back the next day and then you have to come back the next day. <laughs> like, and you can tell like, it's this kind of thing that they, that repetitiveness of like, well, well actually we're not done this. You have to come back tomorrow and do this and how it just keeps getting prolonged and prolonged and their own lie back home of, oh, I just said I was sleeping over her house. And then like, yeah. From a guy's point of view, I, I wonder if like, if it's so much that, um, you know, those scenes are quote unquote, like disturbing and just more uncomfortable uh, because of the fact that, like you just said, um, it's something that's not openly talked about. It's extremely intimate and personal and not something that, you know, you're typically clued into on a daily basis. Uh, yeah. That's not, you know, casual conversation and banter that you have. So as a result of which, it's like we're watching something that, uh, like I said, from anyone's point of view, not just a guy's point of view, but it just feels like we're watching something that we're not supposed to be watching. Yeah. Um, that really is only supposed to be like doctor-patient confidentiality, essentially. And um, I, 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 I can't speak to how realistic it is from my own point of view but just based on other people that i've spoken to who have seen this movie um they do say that it is quite realistic and in its depiction of the uh process if you will so i I give eliza hitman a tremendous amount of credit for capturing that on screen the way that she does and then also too um i mentioned before the filmmaking style of this movie um to kind of match the intimacy of uh, of that like that scene and or series of scenes rather at the doctor's offices and like how personal they are um she chooses to shoot the movie uh using uh handheld cameras uh, with close-ups um very very rarely do we get any wides in this movie yeah it's mostly mediums close-ups extreme close-ups 
and that camera is just ever following uh, these characters all, all throughout, and it really, really places you alongside them in the uh, in the journey. I thought it was a really, really, really great decision that complemented the story that uh, Hitman was trying to tell very, very well. Yeah, yeah, I liked the. There's also just yeah, like we said before about the tie scene. There's a lot of like unbroken take type scenes, longer scenes. Um, a lot of the like the doctors off various doctors office ones, the ones at her at home before should they go to New York. And there's just also a lot of like sitting and waiting and like you're feeling the monotonous of this and like the aching waiting feeling that she has of just like it's not like you can do anything really beforehand. But here's the most important thing about that though. It's not boring. No. It was never boring, not once. And let me tell you, I watch slowly paced films from time to time and I have a hard time getting through them. Uh, maybe because I'm scatterbrained and I'm just always constantly thinking about like a million different things at once and I have trouble focusing. But uh, this one, I was in it the whole way through because there was that deep empathetic uh, connection made very, very early on. And I thought that the storytelling uh, and how this character of autumn was set up and uh even though like you were saying before casey she doesn't express a lot she almost seems like she's a blank slate of a of a of a person i think that as the movie goes on um we really do get to understand who she is and that she is more than just uh is initially presented in the very very beginning of the film and by the end of it uh we're just so fully uh connected to her um despite the fact that she's not a quote-unquote like type a personality type you know yeah and i I think for me that one of the other things that i really loved about it was just how detail oriented it is like even though i'm a few years older than them just like the little details that make it feel so realistic like the types of jewelry that they're wearing and the way they wear their makeup and their clothes like it all felt like real teenagers and it felt like real working class people to go into the big city and like them feeling like such outsiders i think that new york is filmed in a way where it's like the things you expect but not necessarily like the obvious things if that makes sense as someone who's not from new york like the idea of like them being kind of near times square or being in like a bus station and like subways and just like the way that they always kind of never fully seem comfortable because they are outsiders and they're not, it's not like they're there on a little trip. Like they barely have any money to even like eat. So, yeah. Well, the fact that it becomes a multi-day trip, I mean, it's like one of those things you just throw into the screenplay where it's just like, Oh my God, like how are they going to, what are they going to do now? You know? And it's uh, it, it actually creates for some really, really interesting and compelling drama. It's something very simple. It's not something that's that, you know, grand, but it's something that once you introduce it, um, they have no place to stay very, very little money. If none at all, what are they going to eat? You know, these are like essentials, but yet um, for us and for these characters, this is a very, very big deal. Yeah. So, I, I really, really love this film a lot. Um, look at me. I'm already giving final thoughts already. Casey, <laughs> do you have any final thoughts? <laughs> I, I just, I'm, I'm sad that it's not going to get the release it deserves, but I hope that it is on streaming and VOD and things soon so that people can see it. Because while I think that it is a tough watch, I think that it is essential Um, Like, I know for me, I kind of felt mildly nauseous and tense most of the time. 
But I think that that's incredibly earned and I think that it's so well done and well made and it feels incredibly important to see a story like this told with such realistic, honest detail. And I think Mm -hmm. also from this type of point of view, I think is really beneficial. And I think that there's not a false note to it. And I think that that's incredibly important. And I think that I hope that other people see what I think you and I saw in this film, which I think a lot of people have. It did. It got great reviews out of Sundance and I hope that people give it a chance. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it not only got like really great reviews at, at the festival as well, but also at the uh, two festivals that it has uh, shown at so far, Sundance and uh, the Berlin International Film Festival. It's won two very major prizes so far um, at Sundance. It won the special jury award for uh, neorealism. And it also uh, won the uh, uh, the silver grand uh, the silver bear grand jury prize, which is the second uh, highest award given at the Berlin International Film Festival. So, I think that this movie, as the year goes on, uh, you know, if we're going to talk any kind of like award season potential with it, you know, it's interesting because the landscape of the year right now is so uncertain in terms of what's going to end up happening, and uh, you know. Where previously before, you know, you may think to yourself that this film would just be maybe like an independent spirit award nominee and that's it. It's like, well, could we be looking at maybe like a a, a surprise screenplay nomination for Eliza Hittman, you know? And it's like, who knows at this point, given the current landscape of the uh, entertainment world and release dates being postponed and such. And who knows? Just who knows? You know, sky's the limit right now as far as I'm concerned. (laughs) Very true. So... But I, I do suspect that critics will be extremely kind to this come end of year as well in their year-end uh, critics groups. And uh, like I said before, I think Sydney Flanagan is a shoe-in for a tremendous amount of breakthrough awards. She's just incredible Yeah, in and I, I think it'll do well at things like Spirit Awards and Gotham Awards. Like those independent-based award shows I think will take to that film really well. Absolutely. Definitely. What's your grade for this one, Casey? I give it an 8 out of 10. I think it's too early in the year for me to be, you know, based on our own scale, I think, you know, automatically determining um, like what would be in my top 10 by the end of the year. But for now, we'll say an eight. Yeah, I I always tend to, uh, you know, err on the side of caution when it comes to uh, Sundance as well. Uh, Generally, I've I've been known in the past for... uh, that festival fever and going a little high sometimes with stuff. And, (laughs) you know, later on, by the time it's the end of the year and you've seen a lot more stuff and you're just like, ah, yeah, no, I think I'm kind of preferring this a little bit more, et cetera. So it's like, you know what? I'm with you on that. I'm, I'm at an eight as well. It's a very, very strong eight though for this movie. Like I said, the fact that I was never, ever bored while watching it, um, I was very, very into the story and the characters and what was going on. And I think the filmmaking just complements the vision from Eliza Hitman just so, so well that it's definitely worth checking out. I don't know how people are going to be able to see it, but if they do get a chance to see it, I think that they will find it to be a very, very rewarding experience overall. Okay, Uh, Casey, where can they find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter at Casey Lee Clark. And you could find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Never Really, Sometimes, Always here on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Player FM, Acast, CastBox, and also on Spotify. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can lend on over at Patreon 
For $1 minimum a month, you will get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening as always, and we shall see you all next time.